0: have you a friend or family member ever considered writing a book and getting it published well i have the perfect idea for you you should contact wasteland press Wasteland Press is a self-publishing book company, and since they started in 2000, they have published over 4,000 book titles, that's right over 4,000 book titles, and they make money from your book, not you, and they work for you, non-stop, full-time. You could sell your free copies when it's all said and done to make an investment off of your book, and there is no other publishing company that can offer that. They provide full service publishing for you and your book, which includes the cover design and formatting, and they also have a plan that can fit your budget, which includes the basic plan, the silver plan, the gold plan, the platinum plan, and the ultimate plan. If you want to find out more about these plans, you can contact them at 502-437-0860 That's 502-437-0860, and if you want to request a publishing guide, you can contact them at WastelandPress.net. Do it, you won't regret it, make your dreams come true with Wasteland Press. This week, on a very depressing episode of the Man K Sports Podcast, I am going over the UK Duke game, which was not very pretty to say the least, also the Michigan State Kansas game, and all of the happenings from the first day of the new college basketball season, and later, I'm going over some college football with the newly updated college football playoff rankings, the Heisman Watch, and much more coming up. Welcome, guys, to the 15th episode of the Man Cave Sports Podcast. And let me just tell you, it was not a good week for UK sports. You know, just going to uh, the football game on Saturday. Uh, Them losing to Georgia 34-17. That was not a very pretty game. And then you had Tuesday night, which they got completely obliterated by the Duke Blue Devils. 118 that's still crazy to think about. 118 points in college to 84. That's an MBA score. <laughs> it really is, and you can draw, you know, a lot from both of those games. And uh, I'll get to uh, UK Georgia a little bit later, but you know, just for basketball, you for that game, that first game of the season between UK and Duke, you can draw a lot from it. And there are, are a lot of different takes you can look at it, different angles you can look at it. And there's a lot of questions that are, you know, raised on both sides. Not just UK and how poorly they played. But, you know, just Duke in general. And, and uh, again, there's a lot of things you could talk about. I'm going to get to all of those things today. Uh, and you know, I'm honestly, I'm I'm just happy the college basketball season is here, and I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a really fun season. I'm gonna be honest with you guys, it's gonna be a great season. It really is, and uh, it's just another one of those years where I mean, you don't know who's gonna win it. Yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely, uh, especially after looking at the the first day. You could definitely look at it and say, you know, I mean, there's a couple teams that are, you know, that are on their own island and then there's everyone else. I mean, that there's a little bit of that this year, uh, especially with, you know, uh, uh, Kansas and uh, Duke. Uh, but, you know, uh, it's going to be different. I mean, it's going to be unpredictable this year. And it's going it should be another crazy year in college basketball. And I am so glad it's finally here and to be able to enjoy, you know, something else other than football. You know, I love football, but I also really love basketball. So, uh, talking about some, uh, some college basketball. My Kentucky Wildcats, as I said, got completely obliterated by the, by Duke. It was not a uh, good game, to say the least, and that's just mildly putting it, you know. That's just, just the nicest way I can say it is that they just, you know, they, they played god-awful. They played terrible. Like, and That's the nicest way I can put it. Uh, you know, there's a, uh, you could draw, as I've said, you can draw a lot from it. And Kentucky, they have a lot of problems that they need to fix. They really do. And they have to, obviously, if they want to make a big run uh, in March to the national championship, if if that's what they want to do. I know they want to. But if they really want it, they're going to have to work on a, a lot of things. And one of those things that they need to work on is their defense. I mean, that defense was terrible on Tuesday night. Yeah, that's just one of the worst offensive performances I have ever seen uh, from a basketball from a college basketball team a hundred and eighteen points a college team should not be scoring a hundred and eighteen points no matter how good you are. A college team should not be scoring that many points in a game but it happened that's an nBA score. So that's just that's just the prime example of how terrible this defense was. I'll have to hand it to Duke a little bit. You know, I I've said before, I can't stamp Duke, but you know I have to, you know, give credit where credits and where credit's due. They've had a they had a good game. And they, you know, uh they like you know, like many others, they shocked me. They really did on Tuesday night. Uh, their three freshmen looked phenomenal. As much as I hate to say it, they did. And I mean, you have Zion Williamson scoring 28 points and 7 rebounds. And he even knocked down a three, which is something I didn't really think he could do. I mean, I, the only thing I thought that Zion could do was dunk it. But he proved me wrong. R.J. Barrett, who I think is uh, a little bit more impressive than Zion... Thirty-three points last night, four rebounds and six assists. He was a superstar, and Cam Reddish knocked down two or three, uh, two or three threes last night. He had twenty-two. He had twenty-two points. So those three freshmen right there, they are superstars. Mostly R.J. Barrett and Zion Williamson, but they are all good. Those three. They were as advertised. You know, I was getting tired about how much uh, Sports Center and Bleacher Report were, uh, you know, posting about Duke. I was getting tired of it, but there was a reason. And they played at, like they were advertised. They played good. They played good, really good basketball. And uh, like I said, you could draw from both teams. Uh, you know, with Kentucky's problems. Um, you know, Duke has, there's a lot to talk about with them too. You know, a question for Duke is, are they really that good or are they just overhyped? And I said, you know, the, the months leading to this, this new season that, you know, they have three really good players, that really good trio, and that's about it for this Duke team. They have a couple good road players here and there, but that's it. But that's all I thought that they had. And they had some players that looked good on Tuesday night. But, you know, I'll stick to what I said. I'll be consistent. I will, you know, that's going to eventually hurt them down the road. It's happened before. Just look at, uh, the Jamal Murray, uh, The Jamal Murray, uh, Scott LeBizier team. When that team got in foul trouble, uh, they were were in trouble. They had problems. And it's going to happen this season with Duke. Mark my words. Are they a good basketball team? Yes, they are. But, those three players, they'll win them games. But... They're not going to lead them to a national championship. You're going to need more than three really good basketball players. Because you take one of those players out of the equation, it completely changes the game. And like I said, I'll stick to my word. I'll stay consistent with what I said. You know, once the, and in like I said, Kentucky's defense was non-existent. And once Kent, uh, Duke plays a team that has a quality defense, let's and just for example, let's just say Virginia. Duke's gonna have problems because Virginia slows down the game, and that's one of the first mistakes that Kentucky made. Was that they tried to you know, run up and down the court with Duke. And it obviously did not work out. So for this... All you have to do against Duke is slow it down. And there's going to be problems. And once they play a team uh, like Virginia... they will It will be shown. And foul trouble... They have, like I said, three real good players. But down the road and down the stretch... If one of the uh, one or two of those players gets in foul trouble, Duke's gonna have problems. And uh, and like I said, they'll be a good team, but they those three players won't be able to lead them to a national championship. And you have to you know, just an exa- another Kentuckian example the reason why that anthony davis kentucky team was so successful is cuz they had superstar talent with anthony davis and michael kid gilchrist but they also had some really good role players some really good uh, college basketball players not really an effective you know not you know not really ready for the nba but they're good college basketball players And throw in a senior like Darius Miller. That's why they were so successful. It's because they had a mix of everything. And this Duke team, they don't have a mix of everything. You have those three freshmen who are super young. And you, and you, uh, you have Marcus Bowden who's like a junior. But he hasn't shown anything throughout his college career. And I still don't think he will. And you have Trey Jones, who's also a freshman, and Jack White, who's also a freshman. I'm sorry. I mean, like I said, this Duke team's going to be good, but they will have troubles down the road. And it's not going to get them a national championship. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll eat my words. But until they can prove to me... You know, play a team like Virginia, and if they play like they did against Kentucky and completely murder Virginia, then maybe I can change my mind. But as far as right now, it's not. And we, we will just have to see for Duke. But enough of Duke right now. <laughs> Going to Kentucky, like I said, they have a lot of problems to fix. And one of them is their defense. Defense. They have to get that fixed. Have to. That should be their. That should be John Calipari's main focus and practices right now. Number one, top priority, is that defense. Because if their defense continues to struggle, they are going to have problems when they play teams like North Carolina and Kansas, and eventually an SEC play when they play Tennessee and Auburn. It's going to be a problem. So they have to get that defense fixed. They do. Uh, Another problem, and another uh, thing I took away from this game, is where was that team that played in the Bahamas? And I know the Bahamas trip doesn't really matter because it's just an exhibition game. But they still beat professional basketball teams pretty single-handedly. They were killing these professional basketball teams from Europe. And one of those teams produces NBA talent. So everyone was excited, you know, going to this game. And I was too. And you have, uh, every, where. all I have to say is where was that team from the Hamas that we saw? And that's another thing. You have the, the sophomore players. Quade Green looked a lot better in the Bahamas. He looked like he really improved his game for the offseason. Nick Richards was another one of those guys. And I've seen, I've seen all of them on campus. And P.J. Washington looks better. His body looks better. He looks like he really got into better shape. And he didn't show up for that Duke game. None of those sophomores did. It's a problem considering they are supposed to be, you know, the leaders on the team. It's crazy to say this, but, you know, they are considered veterans because of this one-and-done culture they are supposed to be able to lead this team. And it didn't happen on Tuesday night. And just an example that they didn't show up. yet. P.J. Washington, who, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. He was in foul trouble for most of the night. He only played 17 minutes, but he still didn't show up. He only had eight points and two rebounds. When one of the reasons you came back to Kentucky was to work on your NBA game and try to make it. And you always, and PJ didn't show it. Nick Richards had zero points. Where were you, Nick Richards? You, you're, you know, he was the player I was most impressed with as far as improvement from year one to year two. And I really thought he was going to make a big step. Can he? Yes. But he didn't show it against Duke. Zero points and two rebounds. Quade Green only had six uh, points. Added a rebound and three assists. He was the best probably the best player of all the sophomores. But he went 0 for four from the field. And 0 for 2 from deep. And I'll say this again. These sophomores are supposed to lead this team and help out the freshmen and everyone else. And they, you know, they're going to have to start playing like they want it. Because they didn't play like they wanted it on Tuesday. They played like, you know, you know. hey, we're here playing against Duke. It's, you know. And uh, No, I like I said, you know, this game could have gone different ways, and if Kentucky lost, that would have been a shock to me. But was a sh- but what a sh- was you know a big shock to me was losing by thirty four points. That was the big shocker for me. That's one of the outcomes I was not expecting. And Kentucky just looked you know overwhelmed. They did. I think this is probably the first time where I've seen this, you know, this overwhelmed. You know, as you know, as far as my years watching Kentucky basketball, and in the the John Calipari era, they just looked, you know, outmatched and outgunned. And, you know, coming into that game, I thought Kentucky's 9-10 to 10 players were going to be able to outlast Kentucky's three really good players that they have. And it just it didn't happen. And, like I said, they, they have a lot of, you know, kinks to work out. And, you know, honestly, they did have a couple bright spots. They had Keldon Johnson. You know the freshman who played a really solid game. He had he added uh, twenty three points and four rebounds and two assists. He played really solid for his freshman debut. And Reed Travis, our graduate transfer from Stanford, played really good too. He added twenty two points and seven rebounds. Went six for eight from the field. He was good, and he's going to continue to being a consistent force. Uh. Uh, for this UK basketball team moving forward, but when you have a player like Reed Travis's caliber, who was averaging twenty-eight point, uh, like twenty twenty-eight every single game, I mean that leadership is gonna have to uh go throughout the locker room and be able to motivate these kids, cause he's what twenty-three years old. Probably one of the oldest players that uh, Cal has ever had in his tenure at Kentucky. And, you know, when we got... When Kentucky got Reed Travis, I was pumped. And I still am. Because of the amount of impact that he, that he can have in his leadership and how long he's been playing in this the college game. About how much is going to impact this Kentucky team. And his leadership is... He's gonna to have to be able to get these players in line because he is going to be one of their sole leaders. And he'll continue to be a consistent force. He'll continue to point uh he can put up eighteen ten every single game. So, I mean, Reed Travis, I love the kid. He's going to be really good here, uh uh for you know the time that he's here at UK. He's going to be good and he's gonna help him out a lot. And he's he's gonna be a key piece, form going down the road, especially when they get deep in the season. His veteranship, his you know how long he's been playing in college. He's he it's gonna he's gonna have to be able to help out this, the younger players and get them in check. That's just something that's gonna happen. Is, you know it, it really goes for the freshmen too. I don't want this talent to be wasted. His only year here at UK. And, you know, one of the reasons he came to uh, Kentucky was, again, to help him win another national championship. He could have chosen Villanova, but he came to Kentucky. He chose Kentucky to spend his final year of college eligibility. So Kentucky is going to have to fulfill uh, a lot They're going to have to, you know, start working collectively as a group. And it all starts with practice. It does. And uh, they have defense to work on. Uh, These players just need to start, you know, getting in line. They have to start, you know, playing as one cohesive unit. You know, I... You know, I'll give it to Cal. I mean, he's been in the uh, previous years and previous U.K. teams. He's been able to get them turned on around uh, January. You know, usually right before the, the SEC starts. He's been able to flip that switch for him and get these players to flip a switch and start playing really good fundamental basketball. Could it happen this year? Yes. And, you know, just judging from that game on Tuesday against Duke, they're going to need a lot of time. And uh, SEC is going to be tough this year in, uh, in uh, college basketball. They'll be tough. And they're playing a lot of tough games, especially you just look at teams like Tennessee and Auburn, which they play Tennessee twice. So Kentucky's going to have to be able to get their, you know, Get their stuff figured out. At least by that time, and even before then. You know, as I said, they play North Carolina and Kansas, and and Louisville. And uh, they, I think, they play Utah too, and Saint John's. I mean, they have a tough non-conference schedule. And like I said, it all starts with you know back to the basics and practice. Cow's gonna have to get this group motivated. This is still gonna be a very good Kentucky team, and they—they're too talented not to be a good team. They have, you know, around ten players deep, and you look at all this talent—they have a lot, and they're still gonna win a lot of games. Still get a top three seed in the NCAA tournament. And uh, just looking at some of these freshmen, the only freshman that played good for UK was Keldon Johnson. I mean, the other freshman, Tyler Hero, started. Didn't have a good shooting game. Went 4-for-11 from the field. 1-for-6 from the three-point line. And he's supposed to be you know one of their best players. And he's, you know, he was taking questionable shots on a uh, uh, couple of nights ago. And you have Ashton Higgins, who was, you know, you know, maybe not the greatest offensive guy, but he is a ball hawk on defense. He didn't have a good game. Only scored two points, a rebound, and added four, uh, four assists. He didn't show up. Emmanuel Quickly, who has won a couple of three-point contests, especially at Big Blue Madness and... Uh, in a, in a high school thing, I think in the, the McDonald's three-point contest, he won. And he only scored six points and added a rebound and assist. Went 0 for 3 from the field and 0 for 2 from deep. And those freshmen, they didn't show up. And Tyler Hero, he had 14 points, 9 rebounds, and 5 assists. Which, that's not a bad stat line, but he didn't shoot very well. And that's something that, you know, I was exci- really excited about this UK basketball team uh, in just previous years, especially looking at last year. They haven't had, you know, you know this, this has been going on for two to three years now, where they don't have a player that can go in there and knock down a couple threes for you. Who can just, you know, get you back in the game. And there's, you know, look at all the reports that have said, you know, you know, after last season, Cal is going to recruit shooters. That's the type of player he wants to get. Someone who can go out and shoot, shoot a three, who can shoot in general and get you a couple points and a couple threes. And, you know, he did it for the most part. He got Emmanuel quickly, who's a solid, he's a, Supposed to be a good shooter and tower hero too. And Quade Green was one of the best uh, three-point shooters on the team from uh, from last year. Other returning players. So they were supposed to be a better shooting team, and they only sh- they shot four for 17 from the three-point line. Four for 17, that is god awful and again you're supposed to be you're supposed to be a team that can shoot which you know again that's something they can work on you know work in practice you know just working on their questionable shots and you know looking for the best shot it can be worked on but it didn't show on Tuesday that they were you know suppo- they are you know supposed to be a a good three point shooting team and a better shooting team in general you know, honestly, and after uh, after Tuesday night, Tower Hero should probably be coming off the bench. I think for his freshman year, I think he's better suited to get you know come off the bench and help out Kentucky that way. I'm not sure what Cal is going to do moving forward, but I would take Tower Hero out of the the starting lineup. Now, I'm not hating on the kid. He's one of my favorite players, and he I, he was one of the probably number one player I was most hyped about coming into this season, but I don't think he needs to be starting, you know, at least right now. I think he's better for a six-man row, much like Devin Booker was, and we know how Devin Booker, you know, came to be. So, it won't be a problem if uh, Tower Hero comes off the bench and he should definitely continue to start kelton johnson. He should continue to start reed travis of course. But the main thing is they need to fix their point guard problem. And I don't know who's going conti- to who's going to start for these next, you know, couple games. I don't know if it's going to be Ashton again. I don't know if it's going to be Quickly. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be Quade Green. I don't I don't know. But, you know, the point is they need to fix that. They need to have a solid point guard who, you know, is consistent every single night. And, like I said, Kentucky has... They have to get their, you know, crap together. Or it's not going to be a pretty season. I don't think they're going to have a crappy season. But, you know, there's still things that they have to work on. You know, I was reading some comments, you know, for the UK fans that are commenting and saying... Oh, we're trash. It's gonna be another garbage year. Well let me tell you, it's just the first game of the season. That's why you know that's why I think a lot of people forget about is that this is November. The the tournament doesn't start until March, folks. There's still plenty of time to get get ready. And get focused. So for those fans who are saying that, that it's going to be a a garbage year, don't be stupid. Come on now. Have trust in Cal. Have trust in these players. Because I certainly do. This UK team, I've said it and I'll, I'll keep saying it, it's going to be a good team. They're a talented team. And... You know, there's a lot to be, you know, there's a lot to look forward to. As, you know, as far as college basketball and for UK. They'll have a big test. They'll, they'll, you know, they have a big uphill climb if they want to get where they want to be. But it's possible. And they have the players to do it. So don't lose your Faith after one game. That's just stupid. And if you're mad about the talent gap, well, there is, well, there. I mean, there was a, it, it was shown on Tuesday. And this is for every sport, a, there's a ta- certain talent gap. I love Kentucky, but they, they don't have super elite players. And I love them for it. Reed Travis is a solid one, a great college basketball player, but he's not elite. Same thing goes for uh, Nick Richards. Uh, Quade Green, P.J. Washington, Tyler Hero, Ashton Hagens. everyone, they're not real. they're not superstars. But Duke has three of them, and it it showed that talent. And if you're mad about the talent gap, I don't know what to tell you. But you know, this again, this UK team is going to be good. They have a lot of good players. It's not going to be the end of the world. And I hope and pray that this game, you know, really motivate them. Really motivates them to get better. And honestly, that's how this, you know. And I, I hope, I hope that this is what this game does. Is it that is that it motivates them. I really, really do, and I'm hoping and praying that happens. But looking at some, uh, some other college basketball. Uh, some games. You have Kansas and Michigan State, uh, number one team Kansas, winning 92-87. to 87. Let me tell you, it, Kansas is going to be a good basketball team this year. I mean, they had a freshman uh, who looked really good in Quentin Grimes and Devin Dawson. Uh, both looked good on Tuesday night. Uh, Quentin Grimes, 21 points, uh, 6 for 10 from the 3-point line, and that's pretty impressive shooting, 60% uh, from the 3-point Uh, Devin Dotson, uh, 16 points and, uh, three three for five from the three-point line. Uh, that's just, that's good. I mean, you know, together they both shot, uh, nine for 15. And that's impressive. And this Kansas team is going to be really good. You know, I, when the, when the post came out and Kentucky wasn't number one and, um, you know, I was, didn't agree with it. And, you know, and, you know, of course, initially at first, but, you know, I understood why Kansas was number one? I completely understood, and it, it's because uh, you know they have all this talent coming in. They have these you know really good freshmen and all these leaders coming back, and the Gerald Vick and uh, uh and Azabuki and uh you know you have the transfers coming in. Like uh, they have that guy. I think his I believe his name is Charlie Moore from California, point guard. Uh, they have the two Lawson brothers, the, that uh, came in from Can, uh from Memphis. So th- this Kansas team is going to be really really good, and uh you know in early uh early Final Four predictions they should definitely be up there because they have a little mix of everything. And I think that wins you national championships is having that little mix of everything. And like I said, Kansas certainly has that Michigan state. They played okay. I mean, they got down early. They, you know, towards the end, they got back in it a little bit, but uh, they, you know, the number 10, they'll still have a good season. They still have talent, especially, you know, Josh, Joshua Langford had a pretty good game. And, uh, you know, for Michigan state, they'll, they'll, they'll be a good team, and they'll, they'll be a contender for the, uh, for the Big Ten, uh, championship, and they'll continue. serious they'll be good, and so, uh, just some other, uh, you have, uh, Tennessee looking pretty good against, uh, I can't even remember who they played, it was probably some, uh, I guess like I, I can't even remember who it was, but they beat, uh, they, uh, Tennessee won 86-41, And uh yeah, Villanova beating Fairfield one hundred to seventy seven. Uh you know, I love the way that Villanova recruits. They don't they don't have superstars. And, you know, you don't really need superstars to win. You just need, you know I mean and and Villanova's proven that that you really don't need uh, you know, elite 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 players. And I love the way that Jay Wright recruits at Villanova. And they're going to be a good team this year. I mean, they did lose a lot and losing Dante DiVincenzo. I think that's how you say his name. Probably not. I'm terrible with last names. But, uh, you know, they lost Jalen Brunson. Uh, they lost uh, Amari Spellman. I mean, there's a lot of players that left on Villanova. And uh, Mikel Bridges, too. But... I mean, this is still a good Villanova team. I mean, they have a couple of really uh, good freshmen coming in, and they're still recruiting, uh, and he's still recruiting, getting good players uh, on this team. So they're going to be good. And uh, he always finds a way to make it work for Villanova. And Tennessee's another team I'm kind of worried about. And they're number six in the nation and they have all of their uh, pretty much all their players back from last season. And they have a lot of lot of veterans and a lot of leadership on that team. I think, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think Kentucky will finish uh number 1 in the SEC. And uh can Tennessee will definitely follow them up at number 2. But, you know, it was a pretty good uh night for college basketball in the the opening night. Uh Purdue uh one ninety to fifty seven. I mean uh Carson Edwards, he's good. Uh, he's really good and I believe he's on the uh one of the watch lists for the national player of the year if I'm not mistaken. But he scored thirty uh thirty points on Tuesday night, seven for eleven from a three point line. That's like, you know, Steph Curry I think, you know, Purdue is only ranked 24, but, you know, though, it could still be a good team. Especially with Carson Edwards. If he plays like, if he can, you know, stay consistent like this every single night, I mean, he doesn't need to be going out and scoring 30 points every night and shooting, you know, 7 for 11 from the 3-point line every single night. He doesn't need to do that, but if he can put up a consistent uh, 20 points a game, That's going to help out this Purdue uh, team a lot. It really is, and uh, there'll be another one of the contenders for the for the Big Ten. Some uh, just some other news for uh, for college basketball. Uh, Nineteen players were uh, well, just you know, before that, there were uh, the NCAA. They just got, they are allowed now to, you know, further investigate the the college basketball scandal. They just got clearance from the FBI. And it's a big problem. It is. I mean, you have 19 players who Christian Dawkins, uh, you know, I believe he's one of the the agents, Um. There was 19 players that he had planned to pay. 19 players. That's just crazy to think about. That's not what college basketball is about. And, you know, I am one of the people that, you know, I'm one of the people that thinks that you know, college basketball players should be allowed to be paid, but, I mean, it doesn't have to be much, but they should be able to, you know, you know, you know, work on their uh, name a bit, and be able to advertise for themselves, and brand themselves, too. So, they, it's just a big problem, and, you know, surprisingly, uh, Two of those nineteen players. Uh one is currently playing for the Cats. Uh Ashen Higgins. Uh he's one of the players that uh is on that list. And Jared Vanderbilt, who of course played uh at Kentucky last year, was uh was on that list. But the the good thing is For, uh, for Kentucky, you know, those, there, there isn't, uh, evidence that they, you know, accepted or received any money of any sort. And obviously, I mean, if, if they, you know, if they had evidence, they would have, you know, gone ahead and, they would have gone ahead and, uh, and, uh, you know, released it. So, I think you know that that's okay. I mean, it's bad that their names are on that list, but they sh- they're fine. I don't think they accepted any money. And I was reading some stuff about Jared Vanderbilt. I mean, they uh, he was planning to pay uh, Vanderbilt's parents uh, a decent amount of money to to travel and for for the travel expenses to go see uh, their kid play. I mean, he only played in fourteen games last year, but still, I mean, like twenty five thousand dollars, I believe, is what the the report said. That's crazy. And also some other extra money, but like I said, there's no evidence that they, you know, received any money of any sort. So you know, I think what like I said, while it's bad that they're on the list, I mean, they'll be this they should be okay. I don't think they accepted any money, but and like I said, the the college basketball scandal, it's a big problem. But there's certain ways that they could fix it. I mean, allowing high school players to, uh, you know, coming out of high school to, you know, sign a one-year contract worth $100,000 to play in the G League and continue to work yourself up and, you know, be on an NBA roster, and that's good. That's a big step uh, forward. It really is because, I mean, you think about the, the players that were, you know, supposedly paid are elite players, you know, top of their class in recruiting. And now with, you know, that this new thing where, you know, these high school players can don't have to go to college and can go straight and play in the G League for a year. That's gonna be good. That's gonna take away a little. Uh, that's gonna solve some of the problem, in my opinion. And that's just gonna be really good. And I'm excited about it. Uh, Tim and I were talking about it and how good it's going to be, because those elite players, a hundred thousand dollars. That's still a lot of money. And what that's supposedly, I mean, with Brian Bowen who went to Louisville, that's how much his family was supposed to get was a hundred thousand dollars. So these elite players, I think, and honestly, I think the this rule or this you know this new system that they have is for the elite players. I don't think five stars are going to be jumping ship, or I don't think four stars are going to be jumping ship from high school and going to the NBA. I think I don't think I think it's only going to be the elitist the el- elite of the elites, and five stars. An example would be R.J. Barrett or Zion Williamson, who you know, instead of going to college, just just go to uh, the G League for a year and re-enter the draft and see where you go. On, and it'd be better for him to be uh, spend a year in the NBA than in college because they are granted access to the NBA facilities. So and they'll have a lot more time to to train and you know improve better than than they would in college because you could you know I think everyone can agree the college game is different than the NBA game. So spending in uh, a year in the G League before actually going and and playing for an NBA team. That's gonna solve a problem for the for the this money scandal, that college you know that college basketball is currently facing. So it's a big problem, but it can be solved. I think it's gonna be solved quickly. Well, I don't know if it's gonna be quickly, but you know it should be solved here pretty soon. And the fact that they're already investigating it, that they're already hopping on that trail, uh, that's good. And hopefully, you know, I want to go go back, and I want to be able to, you know, just just, just the uh, one-and-done rule, and, you know, I want to be able to, you know, really like these players, and really get to know them. And with this one-and-done rule, and players getting paid, it's it just, it's hard to, you know, hard to do that, because I want to be able to go back, and, you know, I, I'll never stop loving college basketball. Never. But I would like to, you know, start really, really enjoying it again. And like this is this whole thing, this you know this going into the G League from high school, that's gonna solve problems and it's gonna be really good. It's gonna be really good uh, down the road. Switching sports from basketball to football, UK of course lost to Georgia thirty-four to seventeen. And this is just, you know, just showing the talent gap. This is, you know, UK's players aren't, you know, used to playing in a big moment like this. And a lot of people weren't expecting them to be in the contention for the SEC East and have a chance to win it. And these players, I think all in all, just weren't ready for the moment because they weren't used to it. And, you know, Georgia, they're used to a moment like that. I and mean, they almost won the national championship last year against Alabama. So, in mean, Georgia, it just, this it just displayed a talent gap. And like I said earlier, there's a talent gap in every single sport. It could be easily shown. And uh, it showed Saturday between uh, UK and Georgia. And Georgia has like thirteen five stars, and the rest are four stars, pretty much. And you know, stars don't matter. Just when, just in a person in general, an individual. Take a Josh Allen or Benny Snell. Benny was just a three star, and Josh Allen was uh, just a two star. So you can work your tail off in college and be one of the top. Uh, college football players, and also on NBA, have a chance for the NBA. Josh Allen, I'm looking at a lot of NFL box drafts, and he he's up there. He's, uh you know, he's first-rounder. But, you know, anyways, I mean, as a when it comes to in, in, the individual themselves, stars don't matter. But when you look at the whole team in general, when you have a team like Georgia who's filled with them with five stars and four stars. And you have Kentucky who has four stars here and there, but the rest are three stars and a little bit less. And it just shows. And it just just shows that recruiting really does matter. And it's just something that you know, I think I was more upset with the game. I, I wasn't you know I was a little disappointed, and I think I, I you know I was because you know due to the fact that you know I was you know thinking that u k would have a shot to win the s e c east and uh, this is the first time this year where Kentucky really looked deflated. They were really overwhelmed, and uh, Georgia just has you know tons and tons of talent where u k does have talent, but not much of it. They're a good football team. But they don't have, you know, really elite players. Aside from a few, maybe. But, you know, a team like Georgia, they're filled with them. And it's just to show you, you know, a difference in recruiting. About how, you know, what it can do for you, especially in football. And uh, UK plays Tennessee this week. And I, f- I expect UK to win that game. You know, I think UK will be, you know, pissed off after what happened last weekend and... I, th- You know, they haven't beaten Tennessee and Knoxville since 1984. So there's still a lot to look forward to for this U.K. football season. And the, you have the committee saying that once, uh uh you know, if the season, if that, the bowl season started today, Kentucky would be playing in the, the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl against Central Florida. Which, honestly, I would love that game. Central Florida hasn't lost in, you know, forever. And if, uh, if Central Florida continues to re- remain undefeated, I would love for Kentucky to knock them off that pedestal. I would absolutely love it. And I think as long as Kentucky wins out, I think that's where they're headed. And considering you have, you know, five and five to six years ago, Kentucky was going 2-10. and ten. And now they're at this level. And you fans should be happy. And I, I, I'm i still sticking by my guys. I still love them. This is a good football team. Their defense is still good. It's just Georgia was better. And still, the Fiesta bow, it's a New Year's 6 bow. That's impressive. That is really freaking good. And then you have... You know, in previous years, just making it to the Music City bow year after year. The Tax Slayer bow a couple years ago. Uh, fans should be happy. And as long as they went out, they'll get a New Year 6 bow. Again, that is awesome. Especially for what UK, this football team, has, you know, been through the past five years. This is a major stepping stone for UK it really is. And like I said, they have a lot to look forward to. I mean then they do and uh fans do. they and it's though know, their defense will be hurting. They're losing seven seniors, I believe. But they've had they've had a couple freshmen that looked really good so far. Uh you have Chris Oates and DeAndre Square who are gonna be really good for this defense going forward. Lynn Bowden's going to be good going forward to help out this offense. Uh, you have uh, getting a recruit in Wandel Robinson, who's going to help out this team tremendously next year and for years to come. Terry Wilson still has a couple of years. I mean, this team can still be good, and I'm excited for you know this team going forward and you know the next years and and this year's definitely a stepping stone for them, and you know just working their way up to. Being a consistent eight to nine to win team, it's possible. We just have to see what happens. Some other big games that are coming up this weekend are Mississippi State and Alabama. Now, Alabama played LSU, and all of, uh, last weekend they beat them pretty good. So all of our suspicions about Alabama are true. You know, they're they're just you know on their own island by themselves, and then there's everyone else. No, I'll keep saying it, and you know I've, I'm just completely convinced now. Especially after beating LSU and completely shutting them down, and the way they won, no one's going to be able to beat this Alabama team. Alabama's winning national championship. I'm sorry, but it, it's true. And this Alabama team is too talented, Two is really really good. This defense is good. Uh, they have too many weapons, and it's going to be tough for anyone to handle. So I fully anticipate Alabama to you know beat Mississippi State this weekend. Tua's gonna have another good game. like he lucky has been all season. Auburn Georgia should be an interesting game. I think Auburn always usually plays Georgia pretty tough. And that's gonna be an interesting game to see how Georgia can uh, how Georgia can do after you know clinching the SEC East. And Auburn pulled off a big win last week against Texas A&M. I, both of these teams are coming off big wins. It's going to be a good game. Like I said, Auburn usually plays Georgia pretty tough. So that's a, definitely a game to watch uh, Watch for this weekend. Uh, Clemson-Boston College. That's going to be another good game. Clemson has looked a lot better uh, these last three games. Their offenses look better. you know. Just They just whopped Louisville 77-16. 77 points that they scored. That is nuts. And their offense is looking good. Trevor Lawrence is looking good. Their running backs are looking good. Defense is looking good. They're just looking good all around. I don't, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think they'll beat Alabama, but this is a pretty damn good football team. But Boston College... They've looked good this year, for the most part. And it's at Boston College too. So this is gonna be this is gonna be one of probably my game of the week. Because I think Boston College, I think they'll have a chance. They definitely have to get their offense going. But we'll see. But I think that's going that's gonna be my game of the week. It's gonna be a very interesting game. Just looking at the, the college football playoff rankings, the newly updated ones from Tuesday night. Alabama, of course, not a shocker. They're number one. Uh, Clemson's number two. Notre Dame is number three. And Michigan is now in the top four, which this Michigan defense, they're a stout defense. They're tough. And also getting Shea Patterson. That was big. I mean, you look at ever since uh, John Harbaugh uh I can't remember. Is it Jim or John? I can't remember. But, you know, one of the hard brawls, uh, you know, ever since he got there, I mean, he hasn't had a, you know, a solid quarterback, I would say, ever since he got there. And Shea Patterson, he's a good quarterback. And I think that's helped him out a lot this year, is having a consistent quarterback. Where in previous years he hasn't had that on his team. So that's why I think Michigan State's been really successful this season is because their defense is really top notch in getting Shea Patterson a transfer from Ole Miss. And uh, Shea Patterson, I don't know if he's gonna come back for another year. I think he will, but I don't know. But he's he's a good quarterback. And if he stays another year, this Michigan team is gonna be still gonna be good. And uh, he just... This offense just looks... They look a lot better with him in it. And you have uh, number five is Georgia, of course. Number six, Oklahoma. Seven, LSU. Eight, surprisingly, Washington State. But they've looked really good. Nine, West Virginia. Ten, Ohio State. And and uh, our uh, Kentucky Wildcats only dropped back two, two spots to number 11. Which I think is pretty good considering. But, you know... uh. So that makes up the the top ten, and uh, Kentucky's at eleven, which I, th- I think this is fairly accurate. I mean, I don't think you should have dropped LSU that much. They lost to Alabama. I mean, what more else could you say? You know, but yeah, uh, that's that's the the rankings, and I think they're pretty accurate. I would be pretty happy with the Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Michigan playoff. That'd be pretty interesting. I still think they should expand it to at least eight teams, but you know, that's good. I think that would be a pretty good playoff. And my Heisman standings, real quick. Uh, Tua Tugauiola, of course, on the season, uh, over two twenty-three hundred passing yards, twenty-seven touchdowns, and only one interception. Yeah, he finally threw his first interception uh, against LSU, but he's he you know phenomenal. He's he's played the part of uh Alabama's quarterback. Uh if he's not in your number one, then you are high, my friends. Uh he's he's I think he should just give him the trophy now because he's played outstanding. Uh, Will Greer is my number two on the season. Uh twenty six hundred passing yards, over twenty six hundred with twenty eight touchdowns. Uh he's really led this West Virginia team and getting them to where they are right now and He's still gonna play good, and I think he can have an NFL future too. He'll definitely have a shot at, uh, you know, being a finalist for the the Heisman Trophy. And number three, Kyler Murray from Oklahoma. He's played really good this season. Uh, he has a lot of mobility. He looks like a Russell Wilson type of quarterback. He's completing 71 percent of his passes, over 2,600 passing yards, and also to go along with 31 touchdowns. Which that's pretty good uh so uh, he uh, Kyler Murray's played really good and I've been impressed by him my dark horse is Gardner Minshew who's Washington State's quarterback he's played really good on the season over 3,500 3, passing yards with 27 touchdowns and he th- also came in through the clutch with Washington with uh throwing uh, against Washington uh against California uh played really good and came through in the clutch uh getting the Throwing the game-winning touchdown with 32 seconds left against Cal, so that makes up my my Heisman watch for for this week, and that's the that's the end of this episode. Uh, I, do, I just want to thank you guys again for continuing to listen to this podcast. I I, I keep saying this, but it's uh, it's it's been fun. This is a fun thing to do podcasting is so fun uh highly recommend it and i really thank you guys for continuing to listen to it that whatever you're listening to this podcast on whether it be uh anchor uh, spotify google podcast apple podcast uh, definitely make sure to uh leave a like give five stars it we would really appreciate it and uh we uh it, it would mean a lot to us i can tell you that uh, definitely be on the lookout for this weekend, we have a lot to, uh, look forward to with the pregame and postgame show, and, uh, yeah, and, and, until this weekend, thank you for joining me and the Man Cave, guys. Just want to thank you guys again for listening to the podcast, and if you want to follow us on our social media, you can find us on our Facebook page at Man Cave Sports Podcast, you can find us on Instagram at Man Cave Sports Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter at Man Cave Podcast. We're uploading stuff every single day. You should definitely check it out, and again, thank you guys so much for stopping by.